0: Okay, Beyonders, welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. This is the winning War Cry segment, the one that I know all of you have been waiting for. We are here, Jason's here with me, and we've got a special guest today, Warren, a.k.a. War Machine, a.k.a. the master of the Dayton Wargaming Club. Welcome to the show, Warren. Welcome, Welcome back to the show, Warren. Two times, yeah.
1: Great to yeah. be on.
0: We, I think we kind of need to get a jacket for some of these people, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like something yeah. to wear, <laughs> like a master's jacket or something, you know? Yeah, we get
2: a and b uh, letter and then we can give you a little like rivets that you can put it for every time you're on the show.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, well, now it's a thing. I mean, we're going to have to do something with it. But uh, yeah, we're, we're happy to have you here, Warren. Um, Dan is missing with us tonight because he's probably catching up on sleep. I think, as we mentioned the last time, he um, had a new baby. So congratulations to Dan Herrera and his wife, who did all of the work, but he's there for moral support and uh, probably, like I said, hopefully catching up on some sleep. We hope to have him back next time, and uh, it'll be great. So we got a great show for everybody today. Uh, We are going to talk about a couple of things. One, uh, we're going to hit our hobby table for the usual. We're going to talk about the recent reveal that was uh, exposed to us in the not Warhammer 40k uh, preview that was done on July 1st. We're going to talk about the Royal Beast flares, and I'm excited to get into them. And we're going to talk about the Nova Open and Justin's maybe misguided decisions on some of the um, scenarios that he did. And I think Warren's here to really educate on what Justin could have done better maybe to chose uh, choose some different missions there. And this may or may or, not Or affect, can. Can or do can. better. Still can do better because we're not that close to the Nova Open that I cannot make some changes. So we're going to talk through that a little bit today and, and some of the pros and cons of uh, that approach. But of course, let's get into our hobby table. Jason, what you working on, buddy?
2: Oh, man, I'm working on... Uh, let me see if I can share my screen here. Say that every time. Let me see if I can. Well, I'm going to. Right. There's my, um, yep. Let's move that over there. There you go. Wow. So my Ashbron, you know, uh, true blades, uh, they're coming along. I, they're actually way further than this right here, but this is the latest picture that I have of them. So you can see the, uh, the color scheme. I'm kind of going for the monk color scheme here, right. With the yellow and reds and oranges. Um, I'm really happy with the skin. Like I, I started with a, um, with just a normal, like pink, Uh, flesh tone underneath and then i started to uh layer and layer up uh pallet witch flesh on it so it has that undertone of like a normal human so these my guys um and gals actually because there are there are both in this in this warband in the models at least um they are like just starting to really turn into into their vampiric uh you know progression right now uh, so I, I actually, uh, I don't have a really good camera, but I'm really happy with them and I'm, I'm doing a dojo style. So I have my yellow belts, which are like my chaff. And then I've got my, uh, this is an older picture game, but I've got my blue belts, which are going to be like the, uh, you know, the fighters. And then, the, these guys, my leader is going to have a black belt. And then the, the, I don't know what you call him, but the big, big guy will be my brown belt. So they'll uh I'm I'm excited to to get those guys all finished because I want to get them on the table and, and play with them. And these are just my temporary painted bases. Somebody chewed me out about my bases once they're like, your bases suck. I'm like, those are just temporary bases that I'm painting <laughs> them on right now. But uh anyway, so I'm excited. I'm having fun with it, man. It's taken me longer than I would expect because I'm really had to kind of figure out the the flesh tone uh kind of get happy with the flesh tone and the hair and, you know, kind of the, what I wanted to do with them. But I think I've got it figured out right now. You can see I kind of toyed with their, this rope's a different color than that rope. Like I was still kind of figuring out, but I, th- I feel like I've got it figured out now what I want to do with it. So that's what's on my table.
0: Oh, very good. Very good. Warren, how you doing?
1: What's on your table? Uh, one sec here. Can I share a screen? Yeah, I believe you can. I have you some visual aids here too. Well, here, yeah. So, I have you can't really see right now, but just came off the painting table. I was painting right before coming on. I got a uh, uh, crypt horror, yeah, I got a abhorrent ghoul king with mm-hmm. a minus rock, and I got a Vargulf courtier. So, expansions for my flesh eater quartz, yep. a warband uh, nice. war band near and dear to Jason's heart,
2: <laughs> yeah, man, yeah,
1: and let's see here
0: present listen flesh eater courts is still a very solid warband
2: oh yeah for sure like,
0: very solid warband and i'm surprised that we don't see it more on the competitive tables to be
1: honest with you oh well, we saw it
2: this. um we saw it at, um um adepticon
1: adepticon yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually yeah. The, the expansion to my list is uh very very uh, ac- it's actually modeled exactly after uh kyle smith's yeah Adepticon list mm-hmm. The uh, the double crypt horror, yep. duel king,
2: uh vargulf plus uh yeah, that was a great yeah. list. Yeah, I played that list. I <laughs> couldn't outrun it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Vargulf was well with my ogres I could yeah, but you know, uh he was that vargulf was uh, uh a problem well, for sure.
1: Ho- hopefully it play- pays off for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh I'm on a clock to get this done though because I need to get this done by the time I leave town. I'm going up to Wisconsin to go visit my family, and I'm bopping over to Minnesota for the tournament, that narrative-based tournament that's happening uh, in St. Paul. Nice. So got to get it done by then. Nothing like a deadline to make sure you get your stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've right. got
0: some. I think we got some crew up in um, Wisconsin too, right? In Madison. Are you going to be near Madison? Yep.
1: I will be. I will be. I'm already chatted with the uh, the Dogs of Warcry folks.
0: Yep, or okay. made
1: arrangements on the way back to uh meet up somewhere and play some of them' as well. nice 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 very good
0: yep, yeah
2: that Vargulf, Go that vargolf is no joke when he gets that triple
1: oh yeah oh yeah. yeah I'm I'm hoping he's gonna bully around a lot of uh a lot of uh players
2: it is a model that could use an update my opinion uh it's an old resin is it still a resin the one yep. that you got yeah yep. yeah yeah
1: i didn't have a too hard a time putting it together i did do some pinning on it um yeah sculpt wise it's kind of it's kind of ugly but hey it's flesh eater quartz. so there it's it i painted uglier models yeah yeah
0: totally totally old school orcs fantasy orcs for sure (laughs) very good well i can't wait to see them are you playing at um gen con are you planning to play in that tournament
1: I am a game time decision for Gen con. Uh, okay, okay. You know, I, we went last year the what uh the way things were I had a really busy work week plus it was also like the week that all those previews hit now so that was a lot to take in too, right or all the all the yeah. 2.0 compendium stuff. oh yeah and I so I went to Gencon and I was just I you know I, I went there I played well I had a good time, but I was just like mentally exhausted wasn't really wasn't really feeling it. Yeah. So, and I've been kind of like just going, just pedaled to the metal. If I have the, the mental energy to go, I'll go, but otherwise Mm. I might just, you know, take the weekend off. So yeah. Yeah, Call it 50 50 at this point.
0: We, we had originally signed up for that Gen Con tournament. um, But as we're looking at schedules of things that we need to do and, and games we really wanted to play, it just, That Gen Con, that that Warcry tournament taking up that big chunk of Saturday time, like, was just unfortunately interfering with plans that we couldn't really move around. There's only a couple of games that we really wanted to play that fell in that same time. And so we ended up pulling out of the Warcry tournament, unfortunately. And, uh, but we'll see, we'll see everybody again at the Nova Open, right? So, yeah, it'll be good. I think I might bop over there because, like, I think, I think, um, they're like, they'll, they'll still be playing when I've got like a dinner break. And I think I'll just pop over there and check in with everybody and see how it's going. So yeah, we'll swing by, you know, yeah. the
2: guys that we're going to Gen Con with most, uh, except for one of them, all of them are like RPG and board gamers. So yeah, you know, we're basically going to hang out with the group that we're going to Gen Con with. Yeah,
0: pretty sure. much. So anyway, uh, for my hobby table, um, I started doing I woke up in like. In the middle of the night with like in a a sweaty panic, thinking about all the terrain tables that I need to have for the Nova Open because we have sold out of all of the tickets, 32 tickets. So we got a couple of people on the waiting list as well. Um, And so I'm really excited about that. I think that 32 people, if they all show, will will be the biggest Warcry tournament in the United States or maybe even in North America. How, how big was LVL?
1: Adepticon was, they had, they expanded up the Adepticon tournament to 40, didn't they? I think they only
0: had 26 that showed.
2: Yeah, them. only 20, less than 30 showed. Yeah. What yeah. about th- uh, on the, not on the narrative, on the, G- oh, oh, okay. The narrative,
0: the the narrative, narrative day was,
1: okay.
2: Yeah, narrative, narrative
0: was day huge. was, yeah, it was huge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm talking, I'm talking like competitive grand tournament style, right? So, this will this will be the the large like if we have everybody show up, this will be the largest. <laughs> it's,
2: it's gonna be like Canada. baseball stats. Whenever okay. there was a rain on the Tuesday Worst before the, the game,
0: largest yeah. in the US.
1: There yeah.
0: Because uh, can, did Canada have a bigger one?
1: GW last
2: December.
0: Oh, really? Yes. They had a bigger war cry tournament there.
2: Yes.
1: Oh. <laughs> Who all went?
2: Just is like my nightmares.
1: Everybody, everybody went to GW headquarters for it.
0: Oh, no. Well, yeah. Okay. So I said North America. I'm saying North America.
1: Oh, yeah. Not North yeah, America. North
0: but. America. Yeah, totally. Because they have regular like.
1: Yeah, they were building it up with the yeah, totally. and et cetera. Yeah.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. So I can't compete with Nottingham, you know, but one day maybe I will. One day. I uh, see so you got a ringer there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, tech miniatures. So-
0: yeah, exactly. So I so anyway, I woke up I, I woke up in the middle of the night in a panic, thinking like, "Oh my gosh, like terrain, I need more terrain." And and I realized, oh, I've got two boxes. I got I got the Sundered Fate box that I still need to paint, and then I've got the Nightmare Quest that I need to assemble and paint. So I I have been assembling that, and I did an oopsie the other day. I'm going to share my screen here because it's kind of funny. Um, let's see. Okay. All right. So what I ended up doing is I ended up accidentally um, putting putting this giant um, ziggurat together, right? The Seraphon Temple. Okay. And you you'll notice that right here. Here, let me let me let me scroll in so that I can point this out better. You'll notice that right here is a, is a platform, right? Yeah, totally. Right here, there's no platform. On the back side, there is a platform. And on the other side, which you can't see right now, there is no platform. I accidentally built it so there was platform here and platform here. Right? So it's not like a platform on opposite sides. It's just like on, you know, connecting sides. And um, it made an issue with me gluing the top together. But everything was like totally glued together. And I'm like, well, I'm not pulling this thing apart. So it, it's fine. Like, it ended up working out fine. But it's just funny because I'll have a platform here and a platform here. And I said, oh, you know what? If I stick this in the back of the uh, table or the back of the board, then people got the platforms on both sides that they can, you know, get on and play with. So hopefully that doesn't cause too many issues. We'll see. But, uh, yeah. But I've been, I've been building those, and I plan to paint all of that stuff and have it ready for Nova so that we'll have a bunch of boards. So
2: everybody's going to complain. Well, I had to play on the broken terrain board. Pretty it wasn't much assembled, right?
0: Pretty much. Um, you know, maybe I'll give somebody uh, like a sticker that says, "I played on the broken cigarette <laughs> and I survived," or something. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that's basically where I am with uh, my hobby table. So, good times. Uh, I do. You guys like assembling stuff? Do you like assembling miniatures and terrain?
1: I love building stuff. I, I get in trouble because, so having gray plastic that's yeah. on sprue bothers me. But then once it's built, I'm like, okay, it can sit for a while.
2: <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah. I, I'm painting now, but I'm just coming off of a massive build cycle where I was doing a lot of building and kit bashing. Mm-hmm. And then once I finally say, all right, that's enough building, let's get to painting. And then I prime, then I prime a whole box full of stuff and then it sits here for a while before it actually makes it to the painting table yeah, yeah it, it it's a lot of energy for me to like set up like get the wet palette out and get the paint out if, if I'm just I can just you know if I don't have a lot of energy I can sit down and just build a few miniatures no problem it doesn't take a yeah. whole lot so that's that's tends to be one of my happy places
2: cool yeah that's cool
0: I uh, I like building um, because it' When my wife is like, it's time for you to come upstairs and do family time. yeah, put it all down and you can go.
1: You're not committed.
0: Well, there's that too. But I say, okay, so what are we doing? And she says, we're watching a movie that you've, you know, and I think in my mind, well, I've seen that a thousand times, you know, and she's like, we're going to watch the sound of music. Okay you know and so i bring all of my models upstairs and i sit in front of me and i just build it while we're watching the sound of music you know and make random comments to give the impression that i'm totally engaged which i'm not you know so
2: it's good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast
0: yeah that's right that's right she might be listening from back there all right well anyway so um all right sweet well let's talk about our reveals let's talk about the news that we got right um Let's start with the Cruel Boys. So we had these Cruel Boys. Uh, the what? I don't even know what they're called right now. The Monster Killers. That's what their war band name is, the Monster Killers. Um, and these were revealed at again on July 1st at the not 40k uh, preview. Um, Warren, were you watching this live or did you catch it later?
1: I caught it later.
0: Yeah. So when you guys saw this for the first time, what was your initial impression? Like what stood out to you?
1: I was just, I was a little under, I was a little underwhelmed. I was like, okay, okay cool boys. Oh, yeah, okay. Monkeys are kind of cool. But yeah, it, it, it I think it would have been, it would have been more in place with these quarterly gear boxes as opposed to a standalone after the fact. The timing is just kind of weird. So
0: I feel like they they're the the same afterthought that the Chaos Legionnaires were. You know what I mean? Like the mm. Chaos Legionnaires kind of came out of the, the Heart of Gur and everybody's like, "What? are like, what are these guys? Like, where did this come out from?" Right. So yeah, interesting. What do you think, Jason? What was your first uh, impression? Of these my guys? first
2: impression was someone in Ggw Land has an obs- art department has an obsession with baboons. Baboons right now. given this and the flesh eater court like right next to each other and they look like the flesh eater court ones uh, they may not look like it in person but the pictures make it all look like they're just they're a baboon just kind of on its you know hands and on its fours uh but uh i've always really liked the cruel boys aesthetic um i know i know some people have mixed feelings about it but um Uh, And some people like when they think of orcs, they like to think of like the goofy, the goofy side of orcs. Um, I like these because these are how I've always known orcs in fantasy. This is they're they're closer to what I've pictured, like the you know, almost almost closer to like the you know the Urukai and the Lord of the Rings and and that kind of thing. The real the real like fearsome, hardened, um, battle worn, uh, the the uh, cunning uh, ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like this dude's face looks like I'm to zoom in. This dude's face looks like the dude in the Lord of the Rings that ends up like leading the battle at uh, you know, Osgilius, yeah, with right?
2: the oranges. He had like the oranges skin yeah. though, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, a couple so that's the first impression was the art directions like somebody really has an obsession with you know the monkey thing going on right now, but mm-hmm. uh. The other thing is, um, whenever I look at a warband that's only got eight, yeah, nowadays, whereas like you know, I think, I think a really competitive list, depending on the mission pack that you play, like eight is like a minimum number now. It seems like, Are you really, unless you're doing your Stormcast Elite stuff, I think you can really struggle with objective-based games unless those things can really get in there and they're not super squishy. Uh and I know in the past Cruel Boys will be and, squishy. Yeah, <laughs> they've been squishy and they don't like the little guys don't ever really hit hard. Um and wasn't isn't that the case? I mean, I think I feel like that was always your impression is like the the really even the really expensive Cruel Boy models really didn't put their weight behind their swings in terms of point cost versus damage output.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got better, right? The the Warriors, like, they got, they ended up, like, with the with the wicked stickers and stuff like that, like, they, they ended up getting better. Um, I still wouldn't call them good, per se. You know, I mean, they I think they can fill a table. I just worry. I mean, these three guys are clearly your chaff models, right? I'm worried that they're going to cost, like, 80 90 points, uh, you know, for, for what they they're gonna do. They're going to be 80 90. They're you know? going to be,
2: like, 1 3 or 1 4. Yeah, exactly, you know. know. And three toughness.
0: So you're going to have this little guy that's like two toughness, and I don't know, like he's like the next pot grot, basically, right? Like, which pot grots aren't terrible points-wise, cost-wise, but they just won't do much for you on the board, right? He kind of looks like he
2: could be like a Bruget-ish guy. Like he's carrying this egg around, and he can like do something special with it to buff up the boss.
1: Hopefully, yeah. I, don't I do know. like There's... that. I I do like that, and the 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 little mascot aesthetic never gets yeah. old, right? Pot grot, stab yeah. grot, egg grot, you know? Egg grot. <laughs> I love it. So my first
0: impression when I saw this is like, ooh, this boss guy. He looks really cool, but I actually do not want to paint him.
2: No, I like, same thing. Oh, <laughs> i like, look I'm totally, at all even... of these. Little
0: yeah. trinkets that you have to just spend all this time on doing, and that was one of my issues with the Crew Boys. Otherwise, like the swamp, uh, the swamp college shaman, the um, killaboss on Nash Two, for even the killaboss regular, like they just had so many stupid little trinkets that you're like, well, I can't paint these all brown because that's just not gonna do right. So it's like I've got 14 bottles to paint on this stupid swamp college shaman. <laughs> <laughs> and they need to be different hues of blue. Yeah, and purple. but you've
2: already got all those fourteen bottles. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> so, so I just, I just look at this and I'm just like, oh, I don't know that I want to paint all of that. So that was my first thing. But um, I will say this though: these monkey baboon things that we have here are, in my opinion, way better than the weird dog baboons that we saw with the flesh, uh, the beast flares, and, and we'll kind of talk about them a little bit today. But. I I, th- I think that aesthetically they look better. The other ones kind of they weirded me out. It was like um it was like something some creation from the Hunger Games, you know. So the, they
2: I might, feel like they might short, grow one. on me. Oh, you don't these like ones, them right
1: now? Or the or the Beast Player ones? I think I'm I'm just these ones might grow on me. I think I think we're a little bit two in a row. I think we're a little bit monkeyed out, or uh-huh. I am, but they might yeah. grow on. Me.
2: So I do think um, that these yeah, fit ahead. more. I do feel like these fit more in a war band with cruel boys. Uh just from an aesthetic and and a lore perspective. Uh I've already Justin, we've talked offline about I kind of struggle with the lore on um Flesh Eater Courts and having uh having kind of like beast it's hound cool. pet thingies, but uh but I feel like these Art wise, fit very well with the rest of the models in it, but yeah, that's you know, that's my my, my thoughts, and I'm with you. I'm feeling a little monkeyed out,
0: <laughs> okay? So, we had some real winners in terms of war bands. Um, you know, like, I mean, we've had some winners, we've had some losers, right? I think, um, Rottmeier Creed is a winner, uh, Horns of Heshut is a winner in terms of like, you know, we're talking like you know, Warcry 2.0. Um, I think the jury is still out, but leaning favorably towards the uh, Jade Obelisk as being a, a decent war band, right? I think we need to see him in action a little bit more. Um, I think horns of or uh the the Huan Chi suck. That's my opinion. I know some people are like, oh, but if you only modify every single little guy, they're good. <laughs> like that's a problem, right? Um uh, I think the Stormcast as a war band, I think we decided last week, um, maybe not that great, but individually to augment as allies, like they're really amazing, um, yeah. that way. Right. And so they're, they're kind of like a maybe, and we're going to talk about the Royal beast players today. Where do you think these guys are going to fall? Do you think uh, in the spectrum of amazing and they totally suck? Where do you, where do you think that they'll fall?
1: It depends. Are you talking one warband? Are you talking about like a, all it takes is like one, one warband. Two?
0: straight warband because horns ahead straight, straight warband is actually pretty good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm like
1: one box, one box, two boxes, one box. I think they're all limited at one box. Yeah, even, even, even horns and Rottmeyer. I, I totally agree, all- but I'm just saying, straight out of the box,
0: Rottmeyer Kree is actually a decent, decent bespoke warband. There's an overall right? like, play
1: experience if you're new, yeah, yeah, sure. I think these guys will probably be all right. I think you, you the one of the things, so you're going to have some models that kind of do nothing like smaller models, but you have three models with eight models. You're gonna have three models, the leader plus probably the two baboons are probably going to be fairly decent mid-range fighters around 140 160 So they're going to be impactful models to play with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Jason? Where do you think they fall on the spectrum?
2: I don't know. It depends on what the abilities are that, that pop uh you know that drummer guy is probably going to have a buff ability yeah um well you could have either he could have a the buff, buff ability, ability or that debuff. nobody ever uses yeah well <laughs> there's that right but i don't know i don't know i think that they you know they might be average uh those those chaff are probably going to be more expensive than they should be um the monkeys will probably be on par with you know something that can maybe move a little bit faster because they're maybe mm-hmm. jumping around, and maybe they probably have like a two-four hit profile. Maybe we'll see.
1: And I think ultimately their place in the game is going to be determined by the abilities. I think we'll probably, yeah. I think probably something we'll talk about yeah. later today as well yeah. with the, with the beast flares.
0: Yeah, I I hope this is my hope that the um, monkey guys here have the fly keyword. Where they can ignore the terrain right like it's like they're climbing up the terrain like super fast and i think that would be awesome you know so
2: um
0: instead of of the double ability that makes you ignore terrain or something like that right like well they could have the the double jump
2: they could have the double jump where you know if you're within six or eight inches of an enemy on a double you can you can do another movement an additional yeti yeah like the yeti or the uh Yeah, there's a couple other that have it too.
0: Send for yeah, blood. that'd be cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would make great. sense for these guys. Like you know, they're 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 doing that last jump to get to yeah. you.
0: So I wanted to show you this really quickly before we move on. This is what um, uh, our off-meta musings friend posted on <laughs> Facebook. <saw> this. <laughs> oh man, it, it's not. Let me go in. Hold on. Hold on. One second. I'm going to share my other screen because it's it's it was. You put, really, it, on, really yeah, you can put it up on
2: Discord too.
1: Oh, did he? Okay, all right. He put uh, up on Discord, and I think on his YouTube, maybe as well. Let me let me try this real quick. I, I have it pulled up. Hold on one second. He's being
2: very careful not to show his wife workout videos right That's now.
0: That's for- <laughs> Or the motivational. The motiva- Yeah. <laughs> so this is, uh, he said, "Here's my oh, yeah, next war yeah, yeah, yeah. band. Like it's oh, all yeah. monkeys." <laughs> yeah, saw that. You had the uh you've got the two from the cruel boys, <laughs> the two from the Beast Flayers, you've got the monkey with the knife in the tail from the uh ogres, and I, I can't remember what model this is. Is this a, uh, I I think it's one of the cities models, isn't it? The, the one, one in the top left? left. I got no idea.
2: I have yeah. no idea either. It looks like some sort of a pirate thing going on though.
0: Yeah. So, but anyway, it's just hilarious, right? Like all the monkeys. And I think this just totally goes with what you're saying, Jason. Somebody at GW right now really loves monkeys, monkeys, you know? So, um, yeah. Well, let's talk real quick um, about a subject that uh, came up two days ago. And I had some very strong opinions about it. Um, It is this War Cry starter set that was revealed... Um, and I think there's a few things that we need to talk about it. It's called Warcry Crypt of Blood. It's a brand new small scale starter set designed to help new players break into this exhilarating game with minimal fuss. Okay. It contains two warbands, which are a little smaller than usual, aka two Underworlds warbands. Right. And you can either play as the Golden Armored Storkast Eternals of Zandir's Seekers or the arrogant vampiric nobles of the Crimson Court. So you uh, basically have two Underworlds boxes that's in here with a smattering of terrain, As you can see here, it's one section of fence, one wall, another section of fence, another half wall, and a crypt, and some sort of weird statue um, that is part of the mausoleum set um, that that you can find. Now, I think the statue and the... um, Tomb is from something else.
1: That terrain is that terrain is all new, because oh. this was all leaked a few months ago, and and the enhanced crew already did a number on it. Uh, it is styled after the existing mausoleum terrain, yeah. but if you compare this side by side with mausoleum terrain, it's yeah. more crooked. So it's a, of the style, but it's new. It, this is all new sculpt, and That's probably true. all it's one expensive. new sprue. Okay. Yep,
0: yeah. yeah. So you've got one sprue with the uh, Xander's Truth Seekers, which is, um, I think four Stormcast Eternals models, and then you've got one sprue that has a Crimson Court on it, which I believe is four or five, four, um, Warren. models. Yep, and then you've got, uh, as you said, Warren, I think that's uh, right on. You have this terrain, which this terrain looks like it's pretty clippable and ready to go, with the exception of maybe the little tower in the middle and the, and the tomb of blood. Um, the rest of it is just going to clip off in one piece, probably minimal fuss of gluing and stuff like that. So makes it a little bit easier to put everything together. So, uh, Jason, what do you think of this?
2: Uh, I'm so, all right. So you're trying to put me in the middle here because I know where Mm -hmm. you feel about it. Uh, all right. So I've, you know, I've, I've bought several starter sets for different games over the years. Um, this feels right to me in terms of scale as a intro pack right like another one that was like this was uh years ago was mech warrior if you wanted to get into mech warrior it was a very tiny little box that had like four total like two on either side um a little play mat that you'd lay out and i don't even think it had real terrain i think it had cardboard Thingies, um, there's been earlier, there's been some learn to play 40k stuff that had cardboard cutout, uh, stuff you know, um, infinity. I think Warren, you or someone else was talking about it. Infinity has infinity is a low model count game to begin with, but they also have you know some starter set stuff that goes into it. Feels right from an early point of like, I'm not sure I want to get into modeling, but this seems really cool. I'm going to get it and play with one friend or like my brother or, or, you know, something like that. Uh, That feels fine. Uh, What's really going to be set. My real impression of it is the price point. That's what's going to be really important because like has been said with a lot of people, and then I'll turn the mic over. Right. Um, If we really are just trying to figure out if you want to play a minis game and the price is right, it's not too overwhelming. If the price is wrong, then you're buying a set to get started with that you're going to have to go put more money down to even get a full warband to really play anywhere else besides your home with your friend. And that could potentially be um, disruptive to people if they don't know that and if it's not very clearly expressed going in that this is going to be fun, but you're going to have to drop at least another $50 to go buy a box somewhere to mm-hmm. put it together. That's my thoughts. Also, I don't think that's a real mat. I think it's going to be one of their like, uh, I, I, heard, I heard
1: it might actually be cardboard and not paper. But the oh, pictures really? look like but the pictures made it look like the paper.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: totally. I could, yeah, I, that was just what some folks were saying. I'm not sure. It like okay. the glossy layout, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. see. It, it might very well be the paper, like the kill team one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So okay, so I'm i gonna say why I hate this because I'm gonna tee Warren up to it Rebuttony does come with nice and. Does,
2: does it? I think it said it came with dice. Um,
0: is that, is that going to make a break it for H- you? I know, right? Because none of us have dice. Uh, okay. All right. So fi- <laughs> it comes with fighter and ability cards for both warbands, alongside 18 dice and a Warcry token board with a range ruler and 63 tokens to help you keep track of your wounds. So it comes with stuff to get started for sure, right? And a 72-page Crypt of Blood book. Uh, with some lore and seven battle plans and And so
2: some really some really cool art because gw always has really good art in all their books
0: so okay so i'm gonna like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna say why i hate this so that warren can come in and save the day basically right so um look i feel like one this is a mega cash grab from gw who probably didn't sell enough of the Xandirs um True seekers and the crimson court to their liking, so they said, "Okay, let's gin up a couple, little bit extra terrain. We'll throw these sprues in here, and we'll make all our money back on the you know models that we didn't sell, right?" Like I, I just feel like it's repackaged in a way of just like, well, the underworlds people didn't like these, so we're like we're gonna market these to maybe the warcry people. So that's my that's that's part of my um uh a uh, cynical view of this okay and and, I, and i'll be totally transparent that this is a cynical view okay so one it's a cash grab two um to your point that you said earlier jason which was um you know you the price point's going to be critical i totally agree with you there the problem is is that it is just a deception i know that it's a price point for entry but if you if you do want to get into this more, like you are going to have to spend as much as if you had just gotten the first box already. It, you can't plus up the this warband without getting another full warband somewhere else, or another box of like zombies. It's like twenty zombies, or another box of I, I mean something else that you would have to like plus up that is going to cost you as much as if you had just gotten into it in the first place. You know, and now I'm not saying that you have to go out and buy a whole starter set. Um, you know, like uh, like a Heart of Gur or something like that to get into it. Like you could pick up one of the War Cry boxes and and have something to get started. Now you are missing the terrain, I get. You are also missing the dice and the ruler and the tokens and all that. Well, not the tokens. Usually if you get a Warcry cry box, it comes with enough tokens for you in there. But you're missing the dice, the ruler, um, the, um, well, no, you get the cards in the Warcry cry box too. So, you know, like you're you're missing some of the starter essentials. Like I get that. But um, if you do want to get into this, you're going to find that you will have spent as much money as if you had wanted to get started with a normal war buy. Warband anyway, and now you've got these two warbands that you may or may not be able to play with all of them or just some of them in your warband. Like so, you know, I I just feel like the plus up is the cost of entry anyway. If you enjoy it, right? So um, that's that's sort of my issue with it. Now, speaking from a veteran Warcry player, I know Warren. I know. Okay, I'm going to say this. It's a brand new small scale starter set designed to help new players break into this exhilarating game. Okay, I know that they said it, but speaking as a veteran Warcry player, I just think it's—I th- I just think it's really dumb. I think it—I th- I think it's dumb. I, I don't think it helps new players that much, really. Um, and but if I'm a veteran Warcry player, if it's like—if um, it's like eighty bucks, it's probably going to be about hundred though. I think, but if it's like eighty bucks. I actually believe it or not, I actually might think about picking it up because it is two underworlds war bands that can be difficult to find in certain places. And, um, you like it, might the price point might be right to pick that this kit up rather than everything separately, right? So, um, you know, as a veteran war, war cry player, the price point has to be right for me to be interested in this, and I don't have to have the models there already, right? The the, the war band. So anyway,
1: that's those are all the reasons why I hate this starter set. Over right. to you, Warren. So I agree with Jason on pretty much all of his points. The the game needs a starter set like this for, for new players to come in. Something well below the whatever 165 yeah. or 185 or higher price point for those quarterly box sets that come with all the terrain. Um couple so um it I, in the description it does say it's a paper mat uh a little bit down mm-hmm. below um the 4v4 yeah, yep yep the 4v4 is not necessarily a, a deal breaker for new players i i teach the game i've taught the game to a number of players i have not go out with full thousand point war bands but i can see where a new player it might be a little bit overwhelming 4v4 um a little bit less so, and I think other players they actually do teach the game with smaller size warbands, like six hundred with 600 points. Lack of terrain, not necessarily a deal breaker in this game either. Uh, it's a it doesn't look great, but it doesn't necessarily negatively impact gameplay. Compare that with the starter kit for uh, Kill Team, which is also two teams and a very sparse terrain. And in a game where the train actually matters for shooting. Right. That's true. Right. So I'm, I'm drawing a direct comparison to that. Um, And this is also going to be an evergreen product that it's going to, it'll come out and it will remain in production, remain in stores after the quarterly boxes or whatever have all come and gone. Right. You know, kill team, all those quarterly boxes have come and gone. Uh, You can still, you can still get, at least here in the U S that kill team, starter, uh, kit. So for all those reasons, I think it's a good thing. Now the matter of price, which is the one thing that's going to make or break this, just like Jason said, uh, my bet is $99. I've been saying this since I saw it because of that, because of the precedent for the kill team, uh, box set also at $99. It's that magical price point that says, okay, yeah, it's not a hundred bucks. This is, this is something I can get in and it's, uh, it will, it will draw people in by that price point. Now, I'm not happy about it being $99 because what you get for it, you get two, you compare this to the kill team one, you get two 10 man teams plus the terrain. And at $99 is still a good it's still a good deal because those two yeah. teams are $60 separately retail. Yeah. So you you know, even if you're doing nothing else, if you if, and just taking the two teams, you're getting good value by you know, relatively speaking, by GW plastic value. At at $99, this is not good value by GW standards, but I that's probably what they're probably where they're gonna go with it. At eighty dollars, I think if, if this was a 79, 80, 79, and this would fly off the shelves like hop and be super popular. But I don't trust GW to do that. They'll claim price you know, price of business is going up, inflation's going up. We gotta sell we gotta give you less for the same amount of, for the same amount. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'll be I'll be I won't be surprised, but I will be disappointed when it comes at
2: $99. Yeah, yeah. That was my same thoughts too. The the kill team box is just such a good amount for what you get, you know. You know yeah, 20, 20 models plus yep. scatter terrain, you know, plus dice, plus measurement tools, plus tokens, plus mini rule book. It, it I mean, didn't
1: come with it didn't come with the measurement tools. The kill team essentials was a separate one, and it came, but it came with the mini rule book.
2: Well, the, the recruit edition comes with the measuring tools.
1: Oh, you're talking about 40K.
2: Yeah. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. The, well, no, oh, the I kill mean, team.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the kill team starter at 99. Yeah. The, and the Yeah. The various smaller AOS or the very smaller 40K ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those are incomplete games too, right? Like five Marines versus 10 Necrons is not a yeah. very interesting game, but it gets you in for pocket change. Yeah. You can also consider people's means as well, right? right. Um you know, $99 is not a small amount of money to, to put down. And, you know, asking for triple digits is even more. So it's an uh, expensive hobby we have, and you want to get people yeah. in as cheap as possible on the ground floor, get them hooked. Yeah.
2: I, I agree. Um, But the points, yeah, the point's the same, right? It's, it's not a lot of plastic for the money if it's a hundred dollars no. for this set. And, but I think that we probably, I think there's a good chance it's going to be $100 because of the cost of business and where the cost of other mini based war game boxes are today. 80 it would fly off the shelves, I think, for sure. Um, I'm curious to see how many people would actually go to a game store, get a demo, learn to play. And then have people kind of yeah. See, there you go. It, it does come with the uh, that's the forty k kill. Oh, team it does. You're, no, yeah. you're right. Okay. And, um,
0: and, and this is yeah. This is a hundred dollars for the forty k kill team starter set. Check this out. I was looking at it. Um, Twenty two citadel miniatures, right? Yeah. Six barricades. Six pieces of orc terrain. Oh, yeah. There's a
2: lot of There's stuff.
1: Terrain. No, you're right. Orc yeah, it's pretty pretty good.
2: A yeah, I mean we're we're, yeah. we're saying the same thing over and over again. I guess my yeah. my 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 curiosity is if people are going to learn to play Warcry by either watching YouTube, going into a game store, seeing demos, seeing them at things, they're going to see not this. They're going to see a full warband on a full warband being played when they watch it on YouTube, when they go to tournaments, uh, conventions, when they go into game stores. People will be there like you, Warren, to to teach them in a small-scale battle, but when they go to see and experience the game and see it, they're going to see the real scale. So how many of those people are going to be Pointed towards a smaller box that won't allow them to actually hit the table fully to experience yeah. that themselves. Yeah, well. this,
1: I mean, I wouldn't put this on display, right? I would. It doesn't. It doesn't have that wow factor, right? I put out a yeah. full. I put out a nice, dense table of fully painted terrain, and I get, I get folks, random folks walking by saying, "Hey, cool, what is this?" Yeah, yeah.
0: Tell you. I, I honestly think it needs to be eighty dollars. Because I think that uh, I mean how I I didn't look up and see how much each of those um are are each are both of those underworlds boxes about forty dollars each?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think you have to throw in the terrain for free, quote unquote. Do you know what I mean? But they're not gonna but they won't do that. But I, but I think you need to because I think that that's the price point. Like, I mean, you look at the AOS starter boxes, and usually it was like you know you're you're paying full price for the ten infantry models. You got you got three cavalry. You got um, a hero, and then there was a big model that essentially came for free in that box. You know what I mean? Because that was like the whole point of having that box together. Is it? You know, there was one like if you had bought everything equally, it, it was more than the sum of the you know the the sum of the individual parts was more than the sum of the the total, right? So, um, I think I think it's got to be eighty dollars. That's my opinion. So I'd anyway. love
1: for it to be true. I and I will be the first person to say I was wrong. And I'm very very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want another price point for comparison, look at uh, Warhammer Underworld's Weird Hollow. Yep. No terrain comes with cards and that's at a 95 price point. Now mm. I right. believe that's one of the most recent underworld sets. Mm. Yep.
2: Yep. yep. That's a good... It'll be
1: interesting for sure. Yeah. I um,
0: I'll be interested to, to see how it is, you know, It'll, it'll just be great when I say that I was right about everything. But, you know, I mean, like, whatever, you know, it doesn't, doesn't even matter. So, <laughs> Awesome, awesome. All right, well, everybody, keep your eyes out for these new releases, and uh, you let us know what you think in the comments. Um, obviously, this de- this debate won't end until we start seeing this on the shelf and for pre-order, so we'll, we'd love to hear what you all think about, uh, about these as well. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to our faction focus, which we have talked about is the Royal Beast Flares right? So this is the other half of the Nightmare Quest box that was put out. Last time we talked about the Quester Soul Sworn, and this week we're going to talk about the Royal Beast Flares. So let's um, let's start where I generally like to start when I'm evaluating a warband, and let's start with the um, abilities of some of these models uh, you can see that there's not too many because it is one of the bespoke warbands right it's not like a skaven one that seems to have about a billion abilities that they can use um but uh yeah let's talk about this um do you warren you are building these right now right um do you like the reaction which is tenacious hunters after a visible enemy fighter within one inch of this fighter makes a disengage action allocate d3 damage points to that fighter it's basically just a, a gut punch when you leave right
1: Uh, Not a fan. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. What do you think, Jason?
2: It's a, it's a double. It's a reaction. It's a reaction. Yeah. The reaction. uh, I don't know, man. Every time I roll a D3, D3. I get a one.
0: Yeah. Right. Every time I I roll a D3, I get a one. I, I think you have to ask yourself is the action is the action ability that i am giving up worth one damage point because that's the op- you know that's the point that you're gonna do is it gonna is it one point and it's gonna kill the dude maybe maybe i would use it then right but
2: I think i, I would rather go for the the community one the universal one and just have a 50 50 chance to do a d6 yeah
1: because
2: right. that's so what the universal just- is right yeah. you just roll a dice on a four plus years. and you do d6 yeah, it's just it's a just sweet garan-
1: sweet version of Strike Them Down, which yeah. yep, never so, comes up
2: in play. R- well, I've, it comes up in play when, for some reason, a really big guy needs to disengage from a chaff model for something. And I'm like, that chaff model's trying it, right? Because it's the only time he's really going to hit you anyways. Uh-huh. But the only reason I would use this is if, like, the guy just needs one more point of damage and he's trying to get away. But then, How situational know. is that, though? Yeah, you it's know what it like, when is that going to come up?
0: <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. yeah, not good. Not good. Okay. Yeah, all right. So let's it. get in here. Uh Warren, what is your what are some of your favorite abilities that um the uh the royal beast flayers have?
1: Sound the hunt okay. and uh pack tactics. Those are the those are the two that came up.
0: Yeah, okay. Most let's start with sound or. the hunt. It's a double. Uh pick a number of visible friendly fighters equal to half the value of this ability. Okay, all right. So you could get up to three friendly fighters, right? That are within three inches of this fight fighter. Those fighters can each make a bonus move action of a number of inches equal to the value of this ability. Okay. All right. So so you're really tapping into the value of this ability here. You're using half of it to determine the number of fighters and then the full value of the ability to determine the number of inches. So, yeah. so, um, getting a high, yeah. Yeah, so
1: getting a high double isn't hard. Very easy to do. Yep, you're probably going to get the max value with a five or six. You're getting, mm-hmm. you're targeting three models with it, and you're sh- you're shooting them off five five or six inches. So compare that to the Flesh Eater Quartz Triple Bringer of Death, uh-huh. which half the value, the ability rounding up to the move characteristic. Uh, it's got a little bit more of a uh, a little bit wider bubble, but it's it's harder to get that high triple. So yeah, this is easier to use and is going to give you that same sort of slingshot ability. Um, yeah. it Th- This it, is definitely a- a, also a turn one
0: ability that you would use, right? Like a lot of times, like I, depending on the war band that I'm using, I'm not looking to use a lot of my abilities um, other than movement ones, right? Cause you need to get into position. And so this is clearly to me, a turn one ability, Um, this, this is part of the beast flayer Baron, right? Like he's the one that can use it. So you want to give it to, I mean, some of your, maybe, maybe the two awful hounds, you might want to pair them with him, right? That uh, they can then get a bonus slingshot and get out there and, and getting into action sooner than later. Right. Well,
1: Well, who else would you use it for? Um, well, what, what folks were talking about, uh, when this, when this first came out was slingshotting large models. So you ally okay. in a large model that might be kind of slow, like a, uh, you can't do a horror but the uh, haunter, right? Yep. So you could do a couple of crypt haunters and slingshot large crypt haunters around, or you could also ally in, I mean, this is where you having these powerful abilities makes it so interesting to like pick and choose like your, your flavor of undead soup that you want to use. Mm-hmm. you like, Oh, I want sons of Elmorn and I want to slingshot some Graveguard around and into, yeah. uh, into combat quickly.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, that uh, when you start thinking about the underworld or the, you know, the Bladeborn that you might be able to ally in as well as um, other, um,
1: you know, exemplars, other- should yeah, Slingshot exactly. in the exemplar and have them, have him smash. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are the things a lot of folks were talking about when this first came out. The thing is it forces you to go into base beast flavor courts. Cause you can't ally that guy in, but mm-hmm. again, there's, there's a number of good heroes to, to give you that option. So that's one way you could, you could, you could take this. And yeah. unfortunately, I don't think we've seen a lot of people like play this or really experiment with it, but there's a lot here with these, with these models.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of heroes in the Death, um, you know, Grand Alliance that could be a real problem. That mm-hmm. if you just gave them a little bit of movement, like they are in your face, and it's going to be bad, right? So Death has that, has those options. I think more than like an Order does, for example. You know, um, so yeah. So unleash the hounds until the end of the battle round. Add half the value of this ability, rounding up, to the move characteristic of friendly fighters with the Royal Beast Flare's Rune Mark. Um, while they make a move action that starts within three inches of this fighter. So this is again um, a similar movement one that you could use in the first round. It is a triple, um, but it affects everybody that's within three inches, not just the um, half the value and up. Now, it is only half the value of the ability, meaning that you would only get a max of three inches rather than potentially getting six inches um, with the sound the hunt.
2: There, there's also right. a there's an important difficulty with this one versus the sound the hunt, and that is that mm-hmm. they have to start within three inches of the fighter. So in the first round, if you want to use that, you have to keep this guy back within three inches of them, so it'll trigger.
0: Well, so maybe um, because no, they have to remember, they have to
2: start within three inches of the fighter. So, so, so if you, if you trigger they- this guy's ability. And then he moves outside of three inches because you're trying to advance him on turn one. They won't get the benefit The
1: usual, But the usual sequence of play is you pop, the, you pop the ability, and then you wait. And then you let everyone else yes. that you're grouped with slingshot right. up. And then you just take a single move afterwards.
2: Totally get it. But that's a triple. On a double, on the double with the other guy, they immediately move. So it doesn't matter where they start. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. That's yeah, the benefit. It's, it's, That's why I think the double is even yeah, better.
1: Way, way easier timing.
2: Yeah, so, It's more forgiving on, on a first first-round movement.
1: So
0: hear me out on this, okay? It says, while they make a move action that starts within three inches of this fighter, for each activation, you can have two move actions, okay? So you could activate this guy, pop the triple, move him out three. Well, let's see. How far does he go? This is our leader, right? <laughs> uh, five, he right? Can, he can go Who's... five inches, right? Yeah. He can go five oh. inches, but even if he goes five inches, the awful hound can make a move action, get within that bubble and then make that double... other move. action. Hold on,
1: right? Justin, double check your rune marks. Okay.
2: Uh, uh, these are the ones that look similar.
1: Yep, it's oh, it's oh, the sorry, elite. At least so, the houses uh, on the new uh, live pointers yeah. on the squires. You're right, it's a ghoul
0: gore squire. You're, thank you, thank you for catching that with me. It's it's still five inches one. though. Yeah, it's still five inches. Um, but you again, you could move him out. Still, you could still move your guys one move action, get within the bubble, and then also and then take advantage because your second move action does start within that bubble,
1: right? So. Yeah, you can um, set up to get two moves, but it requires a little bit of work. I yeah, yeah what Jason said, it's immediate it, the timing's just immediate. Just like, sure, go. Yep. It's yeah.
2: It's a little more forgiving, I think, tactically on Sound the Hunt, but and, you can and still I think make you can get good
1: more movement. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, you, you could, yeah. I, I think Unleash the Hounds is is still a good option. The fact that you have two options with two different models in that band. In round one, if you got a triple and a double and you had both those guys positioned in different uh, battle groups, yep, you could be pushing things really far forward. Round one.
1: You could do you you could have a a model that's already done their two moves and has already gone like say 10 inches across the board. Yep. And then you walk up the dude next to the guy and he goes, sound the hunt, and the guy gets another move. You could rocket a guy 15 inches across the board.
2: It's a, yeah, yeah, significant movement. Both of these combined could be, a, you know, significant threat round one.
0: So I think there are three abilities here that um, kind of missed the mark for me. The first one is Feed the Hounds. Um, you can only use the ability if they take down an attack action made by them. This and this is universal across the Royal Beast Flares. You get to remove a number of damage points from each other friendly fighter within three inches of this fighter up to the value of the ability uh okay you know i mean i feel like that's super situ it's super situational because one you have to kill a fighter and two you need to have like all these people within three inches of it to use it right so i think it kind of misses the mark um the clamoring horrors oh yeah go ahead jason
2: yeah i'm just gonna say one thing about feed the hound right um that makes it difficult is that it's from each other friendly fighter. So you can't heal yourself with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So if you could (laughs) heal yourself with it, I would say, yeah,
2: yeah. Here for you, for you. Uh, If, if I say, if you could, if it just said friendly fighters, then I think it would be a really good double because then anytime anyone took down someone, if, if you could, you could heal with a double.
0: Which does make a difference when you're talking, like, 20 wounds, 18 wounds, 16 wounds, 8 wounds, right? Like, I mean, if you could be healing the number, you know, like a a 6 or a 4 or 5, I mean, that could be significant, right? Um, But it is everybody else, so.
2: Yeah, because the the reality is, if I have somebody within 3 inches of me and I kill someone, I'm probably going to want to use Sound the Hunt to give that person an additional movement to better position me in the chess game of Warcry. Uh-huh that might come up more than feed the hounds, but it might come up every now and then situational. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, the cl- clambering horrors, this is for our, our monkey boys. Um, until the fight, end of the fighters activation, do not count the vertical distance mood when this fighter is climbing. I've never been a big fan of these. Just put the fly keyword on them, please. You're like, I know, like, I know they don't fly, but it's essentially the same thing. Just ignore the vertical distance, right? Like, just, just give him the fly keyword. Like, what's the problem here, right? Like, give him a better ability than that. I think it's, I think it's kind of boring. It um, could be
2: great for that piece of terrain you didn't build properly.
0: <laughs> that's
1: true. <laughs>
0: Dang, dude. Yeah, you're right. Okay, Jason. <laughs> um, uh, and let's see the quad here. That's not like, I mean, the the quad that is not a rampage, right? Like. yeah. Add two strength characteristic melee attacks by visible friendly fighters while they're within six of this fighter. And again, that's for everybody else around, around, not themselves, right? Because visible friendly fighters, for some reason, they can't see themselves. Um, But uh, Warren, you did say that you really like pack tactics, right? Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. this is pick an enemy fighter that is visible to this fighter. Allocate a number of damage points to that enemy fighter equal to twice the number of friendly fighters within three inches of that enemy fighter. So just automatic damage. Um, and uh, where, where do you see this working out really well, Warren?
1: So again, uh, what got talked about a lot when this came out was, so this is, now this is on the leader. Yeah. So again, this is another option you can bring in. I'm, I'm thinking about this just as Grand lines, death right now. Uh-huh. You take Royal Flaymaster, master, put it in your, Skeleton horde or zombie horde, generic soulblight Gravelord yep. list, and bam, eight points. Bam, <laughs> ten points to a guy for a triple.
2: Yeah, yeah that's significant. Uh, it's
1: not always going to go off that much, but f- what's the value of a triple, right? You, yeah, I think if you're, I think you're happy if you're getting six damage out of a triple. Oh yeah, and it it can go up from there. So again, this is, this is another. Yeah, this, this is just another angle you can take. There's all these, just Grand Alliance Death in general, right? You, you, want, you want big hitter heroes? Do you want a flyer hero? Do you want a King Velmoren package? You know, the sky's the limit. There's so much brewing you could do in Grand Alliance Death right now. So so
0: what I'm hearing is that the abilities here, the what we have is great for Grand Alliance Death. Is this great for the Royal Beast Flayers? Like, are they, are they okay? So let's look at the, um, let's look at their, you know, stats and see. Like, do you, you know, do you take, um, do you take the Royal Flame Master and go put him in a different list because these other fighters are okay, or do you? Al- who do you ally in that type of thing, or, or can you just take him out of the box with just a couple of tweaks? Right. So looking at the Royal Flame Master, the leader. Um, he's kind of he's kind of critical right both as an ally to other warbands and as you know you've got to have him as the leader if you're to ally anybody in um, range two three attacks four strength three five damage for 175 points he does move five inches toughness 4, 20 wounds um, do you think that's about the right
1: amount of points for him? I haven't set and done the spreadsheet calculation on him I think he's yeah. about right. And 175 yeah. is on the low end for a for a hero, so he's probably okay. Yeah, I
0: so I always do this now because I've been playing bone splitters, right? And the um the um oh I put my compendium about there, but the uh savage beat uh savage big boss, right, is like 185. And he is, um, I think, three attacks, strength five, three six damage, maybe um, one one inch range, four movement. So I feel like it's about the same, you know. I mean, you got like more strength, more damage, but less range um, and less movement, right? So I think I think the trade offs are about right there, you know. So. I don't know that he has access to abilities that are as good as like the Savage Beast um, Big Boss, but but I think he's got versatility in other lists, so I think I think that's okay. That's okay. What are some of the standout? Um, you you really only have four models. I mean, not four models, but four basically. I mean, types of models here. You have the Awful Hound. Um, the Beast Flare Baron, the, Gold Go- the Ghoul Gore Squire. Well, I'm having trouble speaking tonight. Ghoul Gore Squire and the Ghoul Tracker. Um, let's start with the Ghoul Tracker real quick. Jason, do you um like he's fifty-five points, which I think puts him right online with the um with the, the ghouls ghoul. of Flesh Sheet courts,
2: right? He has the exact same profile as the normal ghoul, except for one difference is that the normal ghoul has access to the double feeding frenzy we were just talking about, where he can actually mm-hmm. heal himself if he kills something. Whereas this guy has the opposite, whereas if he kills something, he, heal, he can spend the double to heal everyone else around him. Mm-hmm. That Well, that's within three inches. So that's yeah. that's really the only difference between these guys. Interesting. So it um, just yeah. it kind of depends on what what you're going to use your chaff for but the at the end of the day they cost it is a ghoul um so i don't think do you like do you like
0: him at this price point do you like this chaff at 55 points
2: um i i think it's fine the flesh eater court lists i've built i you know you always you always want your chaff to be cheaper than they are but yeah 55 points at a three three one three the way I play Warcry, I don't use my chaff to kill things. I know Dan Herrera is exactly opposite of me. He uses them to go in and finish, finish the day. I use mine as chess pieces that lock up bigger pieces. So 55 is usually fine for me.
1: Yeah, I play the same way. Protect my protect my chaff, eat up activations, and then go after the opponent's chaff and just try to yeah. get activation advantage and leverage yep. that.
2: Yep. Yeah. I look at it and I say I'm paying 55 points. To consume potentially a two hundred point models activations, maybe not all of them, right. probably just one. But yeah. <laughs> you know, for one round. But uh, and then also pr- it, it does objective capture threat. So F- I think fifty five isn't that bad for a five movement. too. five movements not bad. Yep. Yeah. And same as a planes runner
1: too. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Does the same does the same job there. Yep.
0: Now, the um, Ghoul Gore Squire is 95 points. I, I think he aligns pretty much with the um, Crypt Courtier. Is that right? Or the. the what,
2: crypt Courtier is a little beefier. Oh, you mean the Crypt Haunter, uh, Yeah. Uh, crypt Gast Courtier.
0: The Crypt Gast. Thank you. Crypt Gast Courtier.
2: Uh, which he's is actually the,
0: the leader the version Gast... of the Crypt Ghouls, right?
2: So there, it's more comparable to the crypt gast the crypt okay that's yep, yep. love the tier names right on those guys but the, yeah. the, the you know they're a royal family uh the crypt Gast is 105 points okay. at 5 three twelve versus 5 4 twelve at 95 points here uh okay. the profile is besides that everything's the same except on the Squire you go from a crit of four to a crit of three on the Squire
0: okay so you added a one point of toughness drop down one point of crit there and it save right. yourself um, and you
2: save yourself 10 points
0: and you save yourself 10 points and um he has the access to the um unleash the hounds
2: yeah I think well. he's actually a better choice than a crypt
0: mm. okay interesting I do too actually I do too now the crypt gasto is a leader right he is yeah yeah, yep. so that, that kind of helps. It doesn't help the ghoul gore squire at all because you can't um, choose him as the 95-point leader and then add in a bunch of beefy boys, right? Um, you have to choose um, the the royal flaymaster instead. Yeah. So, but yeah.
2: And this guy's ability is the... Uh, it's unleash the, the unleash the hounds. the hounds. Yeah, the one we yeah. talked about there, which is the same as the other guy the crypt gas but the crypt ghasts is the one where um it's six inches right. Let's see what is it yeah bringer of death until the end of the battle round add the value of this ability rounding up to the move characters friendly fighters while they make move actions that start within six inches of the spider so it actually is actually is a little better on the bringer of death i would think
0: because
2: hmm. this one's only three inches that one That's is six true. inches yep. Yeah. So may, I don't it depends on what you're doing. If you're if you want to do lots of movements so you can do movement shenanigans, maybe the crypt mm-hmm. ghast is better and he's a leader, so you could you could bring him in and just drop your squire if you got 10 points to spend.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. So we have two other uh, mid-tier units now. We maybe. got the beast flare baron. Um and they are you know one inch range, they're they're both this way. One inch range, three attacks, strength four, two four damage. And um, the only real difference between the two is that the awful Hound has two inches more movement, one less toughness, two more wounds, right? So he, he can move around a little bit better, but the main difference is that the awful Hound is a beast. It has a beast remark and it's 130 points. I don't know that I
1: love that point price for that profile. So I'll, I saw this and I, I didn't mind it. I think it was a unique, interesting price point because I was comparing this, and I could be completely wrong on this. I don't think this makes, you know, this faction stood stand alone, like top tier by any means. But compare Awful Hound to a, um, a Griff Hound at 115, okay. right? It's a 4424. It's got like 15 wounds. It moves faster, but you're. If you're playing Stormcast, you really want to be avoiding Griffhounds, right? You, yeah. You, I, I count them as like half a Stormcast, really. Right. Because they're just so fragile and you just don't do a lot compared to regular Stormcast. This this does a little more than... Uh, it doesn't hit as hard, but it stays alive a little bit better. And um, I don't think it's that bad compared to a Griffhound. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be embarrassed to take this in this faction uh, compared to a Griffhound and Stormcast, uh, it's and it's also not going to break the bank at 130. Compare it to again, I'll compare it to Fleshhounds, which are like what 180 or something like that. Yeah. And so you, those they move fast, they hit hard, but you're paying a lot for that. So I think you're, it's this it's this interesting middle ground. Um, uh, they're not spectacular, but I think it's. They're better in some ways than some of the alternatives for fast movers.
2: Yeah. So I'm gonna throw a thought out here. So one thirty. If you're willing to if you're willing to drop a little bit from the wounds, for one thirty, you can get a fell bat thrall. And a fell fel bat, bat. Uh, yeah, fell bat thrall is one th- uh one three three two four, right? So uh-huh. it's gonna be a little bit harder to hit. 10 movement 312 they fly and they have the two thrall abilities where if somebody moves within inches of a leader yeah, a leader remark they do an, an extra free bonus move right as a reaction yeah. or they have the triple descent well, it's, which it's actually which a move a attack bonus. right yeah oh yeah, yeah. right move the and attack. On, move attack yeah so i think I think if you're going for movement shenanigans, uh, I need to stop using shenanigans. It's not really shenanigans. If you're going for movement, uh, uh, kind of control, a fell bat might be more. If you, but it's just going to be harder to hit with a fell bat because you're going to be hitting on fives and sixes most of the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, ten movement with a fly and the ability to do a free move and attack, and that's that's significant for me to think about a fell bat over an awful hound.
1: Yeah, and you that's can bring point. two,
2: right? Because you can bring two thralls. Yep. Uh, you go three, I think. Oh, three? Oh, three? yeah, that's right. Okay. But point-wise, I think this bespoke kit comes with two Awful Hounds, right? So you yeah. could swap both of those with your Thralls. Or is it two or three Awful Hounds are coming in the kit? You get two in the kit. Two right in now. the kit, yeah, okay. Anyway, something to think about.
0: Now, the Beast Flayer Baron, again, same attack profile. It's uh, 115 um, for it. And I think I think you do want to take this one for the uh ability that we mentioned before which um was the sound the hunt right like he is the one that can do the sound the hunt so he i think if you're doing beast Flayers, um royal beast Flayers, you're gonna want to make sure that you take the beast Flayer baron for sure so and i think for that price point he's fine right like he's he's good
1: he's okay yeah i i double checked he's not super great um efficiency wise but then again you're paying for five movement and two range
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So overall, uh, Warren, it sounds like as you're looking at these guys, you're looking at, okay, how can I use these guys in combination with grand Alliance Death? How do we import people in here to make this a better war band? How do we export the Royal flame master to make other war bands better? Um, but it sounds like out of the box, these guys are maybe middling um, in terms of their like. I'd put probably Rottmeyer Creed and, and uh, Horns of Hushet above them um, in terms of
1: like just one box straight out of the box. Um, uh, probably, probably. I, I think altogether, you you guys you guys would know better than I would if you guys set up like a one box league or your one box tournament or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think. You, what's the total number of models you get in the box? You get three, you Get I built them. And I I think you get three mini ghouls. You get three big, bigger ghouls at 95, two awful hounds, Baron leader. That's 10 models. I yeah. mean, that's not, that's, that's not terrible for any, yeah. for any game of Warcry.
2: And, and they've got lots of movement options to really get around the board that we just talked about. I, I think that they could be with a good player, they could be above mid tier because you could play a really strong chess game with them. Okay.
1: Yeah. Interesting. interesting. But yeah, I, the really interesting thing to me is just building blocks of a larger of a larger picture.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see
0: if we start seeing the Royal Beast Flayers with allies, or you know, the Flame Master in a list. Because I think I can see both of those scenarios happening. And um, I can't wait to see what uh, some of our creative community puts together for what we see. so yeah all right that's our that is our faction focus um, what I do want to talk about now is our war cry uh, or our uh, Nova adepticon tournament and I have the paper planned up hold on so uh, just giving a kind of a little preview into what's going on um i put out the pack the nova open pack and um got some got some interesting feedback on it you know which is which is fine um most of most of the feedback that i got was hey this looks good but um why did you choose so many objective missions and i feel like i need to sort of justify that a little bit and i'm going to pull up the um Grand tournament. Here we go. Hold on. Copy and put this in here.
1: While you're doing that. Yeah. But so your your whole idea of group play and then single elims, no one had issues with that? No. I thought that was the I thought that was the interesting thing, and people would have been like, This is different and weird and I don't like it.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Um and, and I think I think I need to explain that um a little bit and my system's going really slow. Cause I just pulled up a nice big fat.
2: We can still hear PDF. you fine. Your cameras for a week still hear you fine.
0: I just pulled up, a I, I pulled up a big PDF and it's starting to freak out a little bit. It's resolving the <laughs> host. So anyway. um, So yeah, look, I, what I wanted to do is get away from the Swiss pairing thing. I've, I understand why people use it. I understand why when you're playing an 800 person Warhammer 40K tournament, why you need a Swiss style thing, because you can't play 400 games or whatever it is to get down to the actual winner, right? Like you just don't have the time to do it. And the Swiss style pairing, you know, puts the 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 winners versus 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 the winners until you get down to like a top winner. Right. Overall. And um, so the, the thing is, is that with 32 people uh, that's it, playing a Warcry game, I think that you have the ability to do a, a more traditional tournament style. And when I say traditional tournament, I'm talking about we all played in sports leagues growing up. Like you watch a World Cup in like soccer or rugby or, or any of these other things where You have pool play, and then you um, get the winners of the pools, and then they move on to the elimination brackets, right? And I'm putting those in quotes, so elimination brackets, um, which is like the sort of single elimination play. Um, And then you have your consolation matches along with that. And so I said to myself, like, why why can't we? Like, why can't we actually have that for the Nova Open um, where we have some pool play? And then, you know, the winners will play, you know, the the number ones in each pool will play each other for the finals. The number twos will play each other in the finals. The number threes will play each other in the finals. And so you end up having basically four pools of eight people, okay? In those pools, you will use the Swiss-style pairings to uh, rack and stack everybody who's in that pool play after three games. And then the number ones will do a semifinal, final. The number twos will do a semifinal, final, etc. All the way down to the number eights that will play each other. So you know, after your your round three, you essentially have eight mini semifinal and final tournaments um, that will play each other. I thought that this was an advantage for a couple of reasons. One, um, it allows players who are on the same competitive level to find each other faster. Right, so the the guys who are bringing maybe a very casual list, they just want to play in a tournament and have fun. They're not super interested in being the top table. They're going to find their people really quickly, probably as quickly as round two or three. Um, you know, uh, to 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 play at the level that they have brought their list at the level, you know, like if somebody brings in just a straight, um, Rottmeyer Creed list with no allies or anything like that, they're going to struggle against, uh, Justin Orton's like double, uh, you know, like double, uh, um, uh, you know, gut Lord, Lord. like, yeah, yeah, gut lord list with two Brugets, right? Like, they, like they'll they'll get crushed, but they'll find the other Rottmeier Creed guy or whatever whatever pretty quickly in this system, right? Which means that they will end up having an enjoyable tournament um for it, even though it's it can be very competitive, right? Um, and what I do like about this too is that it ends up giving you a solid ranking. The final table that you play will be your first and second place guys rather than in the Swiss style pairing, the final table that plays the winner will be the winner, but the guy who loses might drop down to like third or fourth place because of like how the points worked out and and things like that. So,
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't, I I had, I wasn't sure about how the final standings would, would shake out, but again, it was your tournament. I didn't want to second guess you. Plus again, I'm, not likely to make it. I still have my ticket, but it could go back to the pool. So if you're in the waiting pool, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I got a work thing the day before, and so I'll likely be driving up the day of the tournament. Unless I do an all-nighter and play the tournament, play the competitive tournament on like no sleep, which mm-hmm. doesn't sound fun. But no. who knows? If I'm feeling, if I'm feeling really, really froggy and confident in my in my <laughs> skills, I might. I have a list picked out, but I have to paint it. And that's a whole deal too, but yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. Anyway.
0: So this, the standings to me was the biggest part, right? Like that was, that was the thing that I wanted to get to like, Hey, I want a very clear cut one through 32. Like who, how, how did everybody end up? You know um, I wanted the first three games. And, and, and so you had to do the pool play to be able to, get to that final number in only five games with 32, right? Like you needed, you needed to do that. And so, um, yeah, I think that, um, I think that this is going to be a good opportunity. I think it, what it'll do is it'll make the pool play games very meaningful because you're still playing for that top spot in the first three games. Um, you know, and, uh, and the person who goes, you know, the distance will be five and oh um at the end of it so i think uh i think i think it'll be pretty good so you guys have any you guys have any other thoughts on that tournament um kind of yeah now, you kind of,
1: now that you kind of bring it up it kind of reminds me of well i'll use the magic analogy mm-hmm. like in a draft tournament you play a pod of three you play three rounds in a pod and then you're it into a brand new pod with people of like records Yep. So you're not necessarily playing everybody. So yeah, I from that perspective, I could, I could, I, I kind of see where you're, where you're getting at there.
0: Yeah. I'm curious about how it will it will work. You know, again, like I, I really hope that all 32 people are there, and and we can run this the way that we really would like to run it. Um, and you know, if if there's less people, I, you know, we can pivot, and I've got plans for that as well. Um, it's not as easy as a tournament to run as if you're just running straight Swiss pairings because it's easy to be like, okay, winner versus winner, that that type of thing. Now, one thing that we had to do is um, we needed to adjust the point system to make it more interesting in the pool play so that it wasn't just like if you won, it was a straight 20 and 0 um, because the other person didn't kill yeah. half of your warband, right? Like, we needed to make the, the point system me- more meaningful. And I think that we came up with a way that... Um the the close games are gonna be rewarded for being a close game. Right. That's the one thing like I really hate about the current scoring system is that like I could have a just a massively close game where I only actually lose by one victory point, but because I didn't kill um the you know more than half of the models, I got a zero for my yeah. score. You know, and it was like down to the last dice roll. And I'm like, that just doesn't seem fair to me.
1: I'm you with know? you 100%. So I ran a tournament not last weekend, but the weekend before. Uh-huh. And we had when we had some very, very close games that wanted to be in 20-0s or 15-5s. But it was like a single point, single VP or two VPs or a single die roll yeah, decided the game. And I was, you know, I was using BCP. So I was stuck by that. Again, I'll use you know use a kill team comparison. Kill team is very very elegantly designed in that your primaries it was it used to be your primaries were always twelve points max for your primaries. Right. Your your faction secondaries were always always six points, two points for being painted. I think they changed it in the latest pack, but it was always yeah. a fixed amount of points. And your your wins and losses mattered, but your margin of victory also mattered. Mm-hmm. So I want I me personally. I want to see that as well. You know, just some sort of normalization of the pointing mm-hmm. for all the missions. I would love to see that, just like Kill Team. Now, there's drawbacks to that as well. We haven't had our, our tournament cast, but we had – Fred and I had discussed it back and forth quite a bit. Peter Cabbage was at our tournament as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked – we chatted about it with him, and he'll probably be on to talk about it as well. Um, but there, there's there's some drawbacks to it as well. Um, you could run up the score. You could just, yep. you know, if you're already winning, you you, know, you want to win by as many points as possible. There's a negative player experience there. um Some mm-hmm. of the games that were close were close because someone like Fred would. Fred had the game locked up. He knew he was going to win. He said, "I'm not going to grind this guy into the dirt," you know, and it wound up being within yep. a, two, a point or two, but he was well ahead and had the game well in hand. Yeah. The, 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 mm-hmm. uh, uh, the outcome was never really in doubt after a certain point. So that was, so maybe, so maybe the scores were kind of misleading in that case. Mm-hmm. So again, it, I, I guess it kind of
2: it's a good point. depends
1: right. on, you know, as a TO, what sort of competitive environment do you want to, do you want to encourage? I'm more in favor of the kill team tournament for thing, right? have yeah, May the best man win. Yeah. And, you know, given equal given equal players going up against each other head to head, I don't think you're gonna have a lot of lopsided games. But again, we play this is Warcry, and I think you could probably take, you know, the the Warcry tournament population is probably about a 50-50 split, maybe 60-40, between players that know what they're doing and are playing to win versus hey, I got a one box Warband. I like this casual game. Let's yeah, yeah. let's
0: play. I agree. Right. And, but, I, but I'll put I'll, I, the flip side of that coin, though, mm-hmm. Warren, and, and I totally take all of your points um, seriously because I, I think they're spot on. But the flip side of that coin is that um, the player that, you know, there's the player that could run up the score. Right. Well, there's also the player that said, well, I'm not going to win this game. So just it's fine. Let's call it. Right. Yeah. R- how now you they can it. say, yep. but now they can say, well, I can at least make it close. So instead of only getting one battle point, I can get seven. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna push myself harder to try to make this a much closer game because I know that even if I get a loss, I'll get rewarded for that loss if I continue to play to the end. You know, so that's the that's the direct flip side of the coin of like running up the score, right? Is that uh, instead of just being like, "Oh, I'm I'm done," and you know, let's go get a drink or something like that, you know, you're gonna play it to the end because you can make it something other than twenty o, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, good intent. Yeah. So it's, I it's I I'm encourage to encourage harder play. It works out. It's yeah. gonna
2: encourage harder play in a competitive tournament. Yeah, right. People so, are gonna people are gonna try hard to get as many points as they can, even if they are behind and they know they're gonna lose. They're still gonna try hard to get as many points as they can because they still their effort still counts, even if they even if mm-hmm. the game is called.
0: So it'll it'll be interesting. I you know this is an experiment that we're gonna be running. I think that yeah. Nova is a great place to run this experiment Um, because I you know as I was looking at the. As I was looking at the roster of the names of the people who signed up, we've got a lot of veteran Warcry players that are going to be in there, right? And so um, I think it's going to be a very good place to try this out. Um, Now, let me give you an example of what I had done. Um, I worked on this with Jason a little bit. Um, Mission one is power struggle, right? So the way that this works is four objectives are placed on the battlefield. Um, at the end of each battle round, players score a number of victory points equal to the number of the current battle round for each objective shown on the deployment map. Right. So if you hold all four in the fourth round, you could get 16 points essentially. Right. So what I did is I said, okay, well, what's the maximum points that you could score from this? If you held all four objectives, all four rounds, right. I did the math and it, you know, it was over 30 points. And so I started at 30-point differential, victory-point differential. So if I held all of them, you know, and it's more than 30 points, I that is, like, such a major victory right there, right? So you would get 20 battle points at the end of your round, and your, your opponent would get zero if you got more than 30 victory points, right? And then the table goes down. Now, I stole this sort of methodology from the Age of Sigmar group that has started doing this for their tournaments, right? Um, here let me zoom in so you can kind of read it a little bit better. Okay.
1: <clears throat> so there's there's precedent for in another tournament system. That's good to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I didn't just kind of come up with this on my own and I will say this that the Age of Sigmar community, they a bunch of them love it and some of them really hate it because what they hate is that if they get paired up with another tough guy, that is going to be a close game then their victory points yeah, are close. It's not, they're, yeah, right. they they're miss- going
1: to fight her and claw. They're going to not only are going to, they're going to, not only are they going to sweat to win. Yeah. They'll probably kill both their tie breaks in, in the yes. process.
0: Exactly. So that, that is a concern for some of them that are like high level. And especially since the first round is um, random pairings, like they could be paired up with like a really good player. They're all hoping they get paired up with a terrible player and then get the max points and then move from there. Right. But whatever um that's age of sigmar so you know you can see the sliding scale so for example if i won um you know 14 14 by more than 14 or like let's say i won by 14 victory points right i had 14 more than my player i would get 15 battle points and they would get five battle points right 15 victory points is still a good chunk um and it goes all the way down to where there is no victory point difference so, you ended up tying on victory points. Both of you would get 10 10 as a draw, right? So, it gets down to the draw. So, um, how does this work? Oh, and then, and then with this, I added some bonus victory points in this game, right? So, this is straight victory points that add to your total. So, for example, let's say that I was winning by seven victory points right here, but my opponent was able to kill my leader they would get a bonus victory point and maybe that would drop me down to the sixth tier and bump up their winnings a little bit right there are points that they could take home so um i gave three bonus point victories um that you could achieve in in every game usually all of them is has if the opponent's leader is killed if the tournament quest was achieved and then one that is kind of specific to the mission that you're doing. So like, for example, you could get a bonus victory point. If all the objectives are held at the end of the round, you could get this four times in theory. Right. Um, But it's, hopefully it's very unlikely that someone's going to hold all four victory, all four points, all four rounds. And if they do, these victory points aren't going to matter. You're going to have so many victory points up here that, you know, it's not really going to make a big difference. But anyway, um, so, yeah, so there's the sliding scale that we use. Now, how does this work in practice? The way that we rack and stack people, so we only have scoring tables in the pool play. We don't do a scoring table in the elimination because it's win or lose in the elimination to move on, right? So we only do the scoring table in the pool play, and you rack and stack the, uh, you, you rank the people first by wins and losses, Okay, so the wins and loss is really going to matter. So if you win all three of your games, even if they're by a very close margin, you'll still be at the top of the game, right? So it's first by wins and losses. Then within that, so within eight people, what you're going to have is you're going to have a 3-0 winner and an 0-3 loser, right? You're going to yep. have two 2-1s, two 1-2s, two, and then some like in the middle or something like that, right? Um,
1: so within... Probably three, two ones. Probably, yeah. Assuming no draws three, three, two ones and three one twos.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Great. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, within those three ones, right. Um, you have to rank those people and this is where the battle points come into play, right? How did they do in terms of battle points? And then they'll, you know, the, that will determine like if, if one guy had, you know, 35 battle points. If the next guy had 23, if the next guy had 16, well, then that ranks them within the two ones, right? So that's where the battle points will come into play. If you have a tie on the battle points, there's other tie breakers that we have in place um, just to rank them. But then once you get into past the pool play, it doesn't matter. It's winner, you know, win or lose for like winning your little bracket. So that's how I decided to set up the Nova tournament. I hope that people enjoy it. I hope that it makes sense to them. <laughs> You know, and
1: it's, it's complex. And when I saw it, I was like, I thought, I'll be honest, I thought it was needlessly complex. Mm -hmm. But knowing that there was a method to the madness, there's some intent behind it, and precedent from other tournament systems. I, again, it's an experiment, I, I think you might have, there might you there might be some, some things we didn't predict that come out of it. Yeah, but uh, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't have a problem with it. What where I think might happen? You might not have a lot of twenty Os or nineteen ones. I think those might be kind of rare. You it would be interesting. Like, obviously, you're going to have hard copy stats. You'd be I'd be interested in looking at the stats afterwards to determine. All right, what's our average VP differential on each mission? Mm -hmm. Right. You could very well have almost all 11 nines and 12 eights with very few 13 sevens come out of right. a given mission. And that, I don't, I don't know if that's what you want or not.
0: a hundred percent agree with that. And I think what that does is it gives us data to think one, is this the right system? Right. Or two, does this need like, the bones behind it are good. Right. And to how do we fidelity, tweak,
1: tweak, yeah. tweak your bracket
0: some, Yep. Exactly. Right. Like, so, so the bones behind it are good. How do we, how do we do it? And three is like, is this a scalable system? Could we package this to send it out to other people who want to do a tournament organization and be able to run it? Do you know what I mean? So um, I think there's a lot of questions that are going to like come up during the tournament that, that, you know, like we didn't really plan for, um, that we'll just have to like kind of learn from. Um, but I think there's gonna be some interesting data that comes out of it that I hope, in my opinion, changes the tournament landscape for Warcry because like, I don't like the current system as is, I don't like the 20 that we get, I don't like the 15-5s that we get, I think it's yeah. garbage, and I think that there's, yeah, there's using, gotta be a better way.
1: Yeah, if you're using BCP, I felt very, very hamstrung by by BCP. It was okay, like yeah, it did my it did my my tie breaks fine. But if I felt hamstrung because it was set based on the, on the, by the book war cry. Yeah. uh, Scoring. Yeah.
0: So uh, one of the feedbacks that I got, like I said, it was the mission. And I know that we're kind of running, running into time here, but um, I had, because I am doing the scoring tables here, right. I chose three missions that had the opportunity for high point counts. Okay. And they all, okay, okay.
1: And that's, this is, This is just as I assumed your objective missions well, yes, tended towards fitting into this scoring paradigm,
0: right? Like, so Reaper doesn't fit into the scoring paradigm, right? Because it it just doesn't. So, um, with that said, I was talking with Dan um, from the Salty Sea, and he was saying, Hey, I think that we can take. Um, I can't remember if it's the hidden vault or the cursed relic, uh, mission, the treasure mission, and we can adjust the points that you score from it to fit a table like this. So I think what we'll be able to do, um, and we're still kind of noodling it out is drop one of these objective based ones. So I have power struggle. I have Mm -hmm. ley lines and I have supremacy,
1: yeah, um, treasure, I know, you could do it with Treasure Hunters, right? Because there's six up for grabs. Yeah, and you score one what, yeah, yeah I think it's Treasure, treasure
0: Hunters. Yeah, exactly. I think Treasure Hunters would work. So I'll probably end up dropping one of these ones. I actually, the one that I have, like, so I have Mission 4 is Reaper, and Mission 5 is Season Control. Season Control is one of my least, like it was probably my least favorite one. It's the last one I added into um, the, the, the mission pack here. I may end up moving Ley Lines up, right? And then putting in the treasure hunters and, and replacing season control. Because I do like ley lines. I think Ley Lines is a great uh, is a great mission. And so um I think that there's an opportunity for us to, to
1: do that there. So but regardless, you're probably yeah. still looking at three objective missions out of five, which is gonna which is gonna tilt you towards which is gonna That's tilt true. you towards your rumble pack swarm meta like the UK and you also have a four objective, a five, you have a sixer in there as well. Yeah, six, with uh supremacy. One.
0: Yeah, yeah, with supremacy. Yeah.
1: The And those all right. And then the more mission the more objectives there are, the more you're just pushed to push to a swarm.
0: Yep. Yep. That's a good, that's a very good point. Um and so I think I need to noodle this out a little bit more. Um you know at the at a minimum we're gonna do a treasure mission in here. Instead of like, cause right now I've got four objective missions out of five, right? So being able to put, you know, three in there, um, you know, maybe it works if I draw, you know, if we don't have a six objective one, um, or, you know, maybe we'll drop another objective one and put a different, you know, um, like maybe a blood marked or something like that type of mission in there. So, um, I got, I'm going to noodle it out with Dan. I know that we're going to talk about it, um, here up in a little bit and I'll probably end up updating the Nova open pack here in a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is kind of the Nova open as we see it, it's going to be a different, um, a different way of doing things. So, um, and Jason's going to help me run this tournament, right, buddy?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sitting out, not playing.
2: No, because of the, because um, we have uh, wait lists and we have a full thirty-two tables. So I'm going to help Justin out with running the tables. Good man.
0: And I think I think um, it's a great like if we've got like sixteen people, right? Like it's not necessarily a hard like tournament to run. But when you've got thirty-two people and you're also trying to process paint scores and you're trying to you know answer people's questions that they have and you're trying to input because we're not going to be using BCP for this. Um, I even talked to the creator of BCP about this and he goes, yeah, I'll try (laughs) to think of a solution for you. And I'm like, yeah, you're not, you're not like helping me out here. Right. So, so we're not using BCP. So we'll probably be using a Google doc sheet. That's fine. Eh, We'll
2: write a little Python script or something. It'll be There you go.
0: Yeah. So we'll, we'll be using something that we can, you know, put up there, no problem. And then, um, and, and so, yeah, Jason helping me out like, and, and doing this is like really a tabletop and beyond. Yep. you know, event I think is going to be great. So
1: scoring, so. scoring TBD, but the mission selection back to the mission selection, yes. you yes. know, when not to put you on the spot, do you know when you're going to have your missions locked in? Because we're two months out from this yep. and people's war bands um, coming from a the perspective of someone who's, who would be a serious tournament player for this, getting your war band, painting models, testing, et cetera, totally. you know, how much advanced notice before the missions? Yeah, well, totally. Yeah. That's a
0: great question. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great question. And, and, and to be perfectly honest, I had hoped to talk to Dan Herrera tonight about it. Right. And um, kind of go through some options. So I think I'm going to hopefully tag up with him this week and I would, I'm going, I'm going to be out of town next week. So I hope to put it out early next week for people to have right um because i do recognize that yes you you know you're building warbands you are you're painting them you're you're you know gonna try to test it out you got to play test maybe yeah. make some tweaks you got to give more than three weeks notice right for it so yeah yeah very true so anyway but yeah i, I i'm hoping i'm hoping to work out and i in especially you know, guys like you, Warren and Dan, and and um, you know Peter, who like has been with us like basically from the beginning. You know, um, like all your guys' feedback on this stuff, I really take seriously because I know that you guys are just as committed to the game as as we are, and and that you know you guys do a lot of time analyzing the game uh, as much if not more than we do. So I I want to make sure that um, we're putting our best foot forward. So um you know i i don't want to be dismissive of anybody's uh feedback at all i want to make sure that we make it a good tournament so that's that's the plan there you know so anyway but uh yeah warren thank you so much for coming on the show we appreciate you uh getting on here and no, happy to be on and
1: now now i owe you i i owe you to be on mine and i've been on yours twice and i I'm, I'll, I'll have peter on before you come on so i owe you two now <laughs> <laughs> well um i we're, i well i am happy to come on
0: i'm sure jason's happy to come on at any point you know and uh and talk with you guys so just you know tell us the topic and give us the time and we'll be there you know so you get
1: your we get the tournament pack locked in i'd like to have you in to talk about the tournament pack with with my folks oh if yeah I can get them on. <clears throat> oh yeah that'd be great i'd be happy to do it for sure yeah, definitely. So
0: thank you everybody for, uh, you know, putting up with us for the last uh, hour and 43 minutes. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, and this is why we do it, of course, that, uh, for our listeners out there. And, uh, you know, we appreciate all the support that we have gotten from, um, folks. And if you guys have any questions about the Nova open tournament, you can tag me in the Warcry discord. I'm Justin O Smith one, two, um, in there. And, um, you can also join our Discord, which is below in the description. Uh, jump on there and uh, you know hit us up in our Warcry channel. We've got a small but very active Warcry crew that's in there. We talk a lot of shop in there, which is great. And uh, if you would like to join us, we would love to have you. So jump on the Discord and um, come talk shop with us. So thank you everybody for listening, and uh, you know we'll see you all at the tables. Have a good night.
2: See ya.